millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories, interviews, and information about the weather and climate and how they interact with our daily lives. We're up to episode 10 of our summer series, getting you ready for everything that summer has to offer. And boy... Did summer offer up a lot this past week? First, he challenged all of our abilities to pronounce his name. Then he proceeded to strengthen into a hurricane, slam into the Carolina coast this past Monday night, and then raced up the eastern seaboard Tuesday as a tropical storm. Isaias created flooding rains, lots of wind damage, loss of power, disrupted travel, and sadly caused fatalities. But with the advance warning of AccuWeather, millions were able to protect their property, keeping them out of harm's way. And we'll talk to our hurricane expert. AccuWeather expert senior meteorologist Dan Kudlowski to recap the earliest ever eye storm in the Atlantic Hurricane Basin. He'll tell us when we could see the J storm be named, and he'll also talk about some weekend trouble spots to watch and look at the weather into early next week. But first up in our first rays of focus segment, you know, the summer of COVID-19 has impacted so many of our summer pleasures, traveling, visiting friends and family, but most especially some of the happiest events where Two people pledged their love and commitment in front of their family and friends. Yes, summer, normally wedding season on fleek. But here in 2020, not so much. In fact, you know, just the other day I was thinking there's such a stark contrast. I was seeing a ton of old wedding pictures, people celebrating their summer anniversaries. And I think, like I said, it stands in stark contrast because we're not seeing any pictures of nuptials happening this year. Well, if you want to get involved with a wedding this summer, wow, do I have one just for you. You'll love to attend. And you can do so this Sunday, August 9th on New York City's all-new station 1010 Winds. I have Ben Meverack dialed up on the line and ready to tell us why this is such an amazing story that you'll want to tell your friends and want to get involved with. Friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. After growing up on Long Island... Attending Boston University for journalism and working in radio in the Boston market for about six years, Ben Meverack returned to his home market on Long Island in 1990 and worked for four years as an anchor and news director at WGSM in Melville, New York, before arriving at New York City's first all-news station as a staff reporter in early 1994. He would then go on to become news director in November of 1999. Ten years later, in 2009, added even more responsibility, becoming the station's director of news news and programming, which was just about the time that I joined the most amazing radio family that I've ever been part of. More recently, when Entercom bought the station, they tapped Ben to be the all-news format captain for the Entercom group just in the last couple of years. You know, friends, Ben is the kind of person that who in one moment can be your boss, be honest with you, kind of yell at you, make you know what you need to do to do better, and then instantaneously switch roles and becoming that shoulder that you need, that understanding person that's there to help and support when you need him the most. And this family, this radio family I talk about, it's just 
amazing. It's not just the anchors, the reporters, and the people you hear on the air, or then the dozens that you don't hear, or you don't even hear their names. They work hard behind the scenes to help the process, but it's also the millions of listeners who tune into this station every day and week. And from the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, when New York City was the epicenter, to the riots and unrest that followed, to the unrelenting summer heat of recent times, and just this past week, a tropical storm that hit the city hard. And I mean hard. New York has really been beaten up. Ben and his staff knew the station needed another purpose, just like we all do when we are challenged to feel any happiness in our lives. As I said in the open, certainly summer is wedding season, and the idea to promote and support and share with New York and really the entire world this amazing wedding story that came to the forefront in front of them, that amazing opportunity to feel good in all the misery that life has brought of late, especially to New York City. Well, it's an amazing story, and my boss and my friend, Ben Meverack, joins me on the line. Ben, we text a lot, we talk some. Friend, I miss seeing you more, but it's so good to be able to be with you and talk to you today. Uh, sure. Thanks for uh, having me on, Dean. And uh, I do, I, you know, you have been a part of the Wins family for a very long time, uh, integral part of the family. And that word, which will turn some people off in terms of, well, you're a news organization, you should be, you know, a certain way, people have a certain perception of what you should be. But you know what? We are a family and it's the way we approach everything that we do. So a lot of news organizations, let's take the polarization out for just a minute, because many news organizations have decided that they're going to take a specific point of view, and that's how they appeal and attract an audience. Wins has always tried to stay as straight down the middle as, as possible. We're not perfect, but that's our goal every single day is to be unbiased in our, in our delivery. But what I think makes Wins so different in the news business is that we are not, we don't view ourselves as sitting on top of a mountain and pushing the news down to people. We see ourselves as the same people who are consuming the news. Mm -hmm. So we don't speak at our listeners. We speak to our listeners. In our heads, we are our listeners. So when they're in pain, we're in pain. When things go wrong and we try to fix it, we know that we're doing this collectively. Wins was once described to me as the greatest democracy in broadcast history and that it is the megaphone mm. for the city of New York. You know, mm. the voices of New York are really represented on this radio station. We deliver in a New York style. It's, you know, it's very fast paced, like the way the city operates. We're in your face, if you will. We're a little bit more for lack of a better term, tabloid leaning with a capital J for the journalism, but the way New Yorkers consume news and we don't waste people's time. And that's sort of the connect and guarantee that we have with uh, with our audience. But when you look at 2020, which is, you think about it, right? It started with, in March, with the, you know, the starting of the pandemic, New York right. being the, the, the ground zero epicenter yeah. for, zone, for yeah. there was this collective, oh my, you know, New York has been through so much, 9-11, uh, Hurricane Sandy, and here we go again. But this was, in many ways, worse than the others because it was just hanging there, right? It, it just, when 9-11 happened, as tragic as that was, we still had each other to sort of hug, cling on to, socialize right. with, right. share. Right. With the pandemic, it's basically stay to your corner. I'll stay to my corner. Let's not get too close. And... The pressure of that has been enormous as our relatives were getting sick and relatives were dying. You then say to yourself, okay, but then what happened is the protests started up, right? right. Good cause, yeah. right? But they weren't peaceful in New York for a good period of time. 
first couple of weeks, looting, breaking of the, you know, the windows. You looked at New York after a few days and all of the buildings were boarded up. It really looked like one of those cities that had just, you know, faded away and that there was nothing left to, you know, to, to do in New York City. Uh, people were losing their jobs with the pandemic. So not to relive all of that, but 2020 has been a very tough year. And we sat back in our newsroom and we said, boy, oh, is this what we're going to do for 2020? We're just, you know, it's just, this is it forever. And we said, well, the first thing we did was we started a thank you campaign for the frontline workers. And that touched a nerve in the city that I haven't it, seen in a it long It really time. did, uh, with Alicia Keys and, and things like that, right? Absolutely. So um, we played Alicia Keys' song about New York City, and uh, we sent her a note to let her know that we were doing that. And she agreed to record a message within that song, specifically for Wins and for New York City. And you could just feel the change, temporary as it might be, but just thank you for doing that. Thank you, reminding us that we're in this together, reminding us that, you know, we are one and, you know, the, and we will get the through The seven this. o'clock uh, opening the windows and hitting the pots to make everybody feel like we were a community, even though... <laughs> I just, it's it's hard. I think it's hard for people who don't spend a lot of time in New York. I mean, I, I don't necessarily spend a lot of time in New York, but I watch them looking at webcams every day and just to see the emptiness in New York City. And I can't imagine. And then maybe at seven o'clock at night when they're banging the pots and you actually feel like a community again for just what, 15, 20, 30 seconds a minute. It must have felt good. And these are the kinds of things that you guys started to do, right? And started to promote. 100%. And then we came to the, what can we do? what's happening graduations weren't happening and as you said weddings weren't happening and then we thought to ourselves a wedding who doesn't feel great when a young couple starts out on their journey where love is at its strongest because we all know for those of us who have been married <laughs> keeping it up that night it can be challenging but at least when you start out it is at its peak and we thought what a great story and so we started on a quest to find the right couple we wanted someone who reflected all of the good in us. And so it was very quick that we decided that we wanted a frontline nurse to be someone who is working with the COVID patients because everybody connected, as you mentioned, because, you know, all the applause at seven o'clock at night, we had owed them a great gratitude of debt. There are soldiers, especially Absolutely. in New York City right now. There are the frontline people that have fought this war. Absolutely. And it took us a long time to find the right frontline worker for a variety of reasons. But when we found her, we knew instantly. And you said, well, how did you know? You just know. You know, it's like when you fall in love. You just yeah, know. No, you, uh, yeah, you just know. The story is amazing. I mean, a frontline nurse, uh, New York Presbyterian, right? Is that where she works? Uh, and then um, she meets uh, Israel, recently going into remission after a battle with stage four cancer. So in all of this, she's working tirelessly to help save lives and yet she can't see the person she loves because a frontline worker can't see somebody's battling stage four cancer and remission for that, right? Correct. Months apart. In love, months apart. But both have had other tragedies in their lives, so their perspective on life may be a, uh, a little different. Right. They are very grateful just to be. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when you're grateful just to be, everything else is a distraction and your priorities are perfectly in order. And that's how I would describe them. They're a wonderful couple, just a beautiful pair of human beings. And when we approached them about doing this, he's like, they were a little nervous, 
you know, they were sure, as anybody would be to uh, put their lives yeah. out in front of millions of people, right? <laughs> exactly. But they said, we'd love to do it. And so for the next month or so we were in planning, you know, that, you know, they're from New Jersey. There are many restrictions in place. So even their wedding, both for the safety of Israel because of his compromised immune system right. uh, and because of the rules of COVID in New Jersey, it's just going to be a very limited group of immediate family members and just the ceremony. At the site. In but a in, huge, in their, huge audience is going to build behind yeah. the scenes, right? <laughs> right, in their backyard. And the moment we started, we, we interviewed her, Ashley, the bride. The moment we did that and we started uh, promoting it and putting it on online, the response exploded. Because it was like a pent up, just steam waiting to burst out. And we let the safety valve off. And the response that they have gotten has been overwhelming. We have clients who have donated thousands of dollars in gifts because they were so moved by this couple. That's the impact this couple has. There's just something authentic and transparent and beautiful about them. And when you hear their story and you hear them talk, you want to do something. And so we're very excited for this Sunday afternoon, assuming that you're going to give us good weather, Dean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got Isaias out of the way, at least, right? Here, uh, but yeah, right now, as of this recording on, on Thursday midday, uh, the, the forecast is looking pretty good. I'm going to give a live update, uh, what, about 8.45? Uh, talk with Ashley uh, um, Friday morning on 1010 Winds. Uh, so I'll be on the hot seat with, you know, a lot of times I'm giving this forecast to just somebody face. I'm going to actually be talking to Ashley, so I'm a little nervous. Make sure that we get good weather for them. Um, but you're right. The the outpouring of uh, I've had so many people contact me and say oh, that's an amazing thing that uh, 1010 Winds is doing. But you know, again, this is the this is the ability to not be afraid to step out of form. I mean, you know, as you said earlier, Winds is a very formatted radio station. You know, I tell you sometimes I need three minutes, Ben, to talk about the weather. But nope, it's 45 seconds. Get it, get it done. But as a station, we're not afraid to do that. We we started doing it. You started doing it with the Macy's situation, with the fireworks especially. And look how that's uh, become such an iconic event on the station. We'll get to that again. Uh, we believe in 2021. We firmly believe that. And it's, I'm really excited about this, Ben. And I know your staff is too, because I think, you know, we want to talk about that a little bit when we talk just about some general thoughts here in a bit. But uh, this has really been exciting for them to give them some purpose other than reporting grim statistics and political news that they could probably do without every day. Yeah, I think one of the greatest misconceptions about news people and news organizations is that we're insensitive, we don't care, and we're mean and bad and like vultures. But the truth is, if you walked into my newsroom on one of those really bad days, you would see our anchors crying, you would see our reporters crying, you would see people hugging. It impacts us every day. And so you're right, and I appreciate that. The wedding has had the uh, that strong impact. And uh, when you walk into our newsroom, there's a mural of pictures of iconic things in New York City. But I went out of my, my way to make sure that the center photo, the largest photo on that wall, is of the plane that went down in the Hudson with Sully Sullenberg. Yep. Because it was one of those moments that the news operation came to a halt and said, oh boy, we have to go to the morgue. We have to go, you know, it's going to be one of those days. And someone in the newsroom shouted out looking at the picture on the screen and said, wait a minute, there's somebody on the wing. And then before you knew it, the wings were full of people and everybody survived. And it's the most inspirational story and reminder that no matter how bad things seem, they don't always have to go down that path. 
Talking with Ben Meverack from 1010 Wins. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want a few thoughts from him about uh, where we are in New York City and where we're going from here as uh, we continue to head towards fall very quickly. You're listening to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm meteorologist Dean DeBorg. And uh, first segments were uh, with uh, Ben Meverack uh, from 1010 Winds, who is a director of news and programming, also a format captain in charge of news and talk programming across uh, the Entercom radio station groups. Uh, so Ben's my boss, so he has to say some nice things about me, but uh, we're really looking forward to this wedding with Ashley and Israel. You'll be able to listen to it live on 1010 Wins starting around four o'clock on Sunday for the pregame show, right? For the reception little, and then the actual ceremonies at five. Um, You can listen if you're locally in New York City at 1010 Wins, or you can just check in anywhere in the country at radio.com. 1010wins.radio.com is the uh, website, and you can uh, certainly, uh, I'm sure you're going to have millions of people from around the world. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's uh, catching on fire, this idea of of this amazing celebration uh, for two wonderful people who deserve it. And uh, New York deserves some breaks here. Uh, Obviously, the one of the hardest and hardest hit areas early on with COVID-19. And as you said earlier in the first segment, the uh, riots and the unrest, uh, and really now the reality of so many people have moved out. What is the future in your mind, Ben, of New York City here? And are we in a key time here in the next several months to kind of figure out if we're going to be able to get back to urban life that's centered in Manhattan in New York City, or is that something that the pandemic has changed forever? That is uh, the question. I, I, you know, if history is proof of the future, I would say to you, you know, ordinarily, you know, after 9-11, you know, that question was asked about New York City. Can New York City ever come back from such a large scale terror attack? And it did. Now, that was confined to a specific area of, you know, the city. Right. This is across, you know, all five boroughs in the tri-state. I do think things will change permanently. I think work, going to work behavior will change. Right. Uh, there will be a yeah because we didn't have the internet and and, and the yep. internet wasn't such a part of our lives and now it seems to be into everything that we do so uh, it, it's a it's a big change in that regard right yeah and I think a lot of bosses who did not ever buy into having their workers work from home never really tested that system pandemic forced it yeah. and they came to the realization that it actually can be done. And so, well, I don't think you'll see, and I don't know, but I don't think you'll see widespread everybody working from home. But I do think you'll see people working in the office a couple of days a week, working from home a couple of days a week. You know, there might be shifts in the hours that they're working. So I do think that all of that is going to be a new normal. But, I, you know, I, I have great respect and, and, and great love for the city. And I also believe in it to my core. And so I always believe it will come back. And if you look at its history, you know, it has gone through, you know, some really, really, really tough times and it always bounces back. So I'm, I'm in that camp. I'm in the camp of it will bounce back. It might be a little different. You know, restra- a lot of restaurants are not going to make it. They're just not going to survive this, but they'll reinvent themselves and they'll do other businesses and new restaurants will pop up when that happens. And my greatest faith always, Dean, and I, I say this to, to my own uh, folks all the time, is in the young people. You know, they're at now, right now they're causing a problem. 
because mm. they're going to the beaches and they're not right. paying attention. And, you they're know, not socially so distancing, a, right? Yep. Right. So that's a problem. You know, so I don't want to diminish that. They are creating a, a, a problem for us. But in the long run, in the global view of young people, they're going to lead the charge back because they are fearless, because they do get restless, because they are wanting to try, they do want to try new things. And as soon as you lift the curtain a little bit, they come out in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands and they'll tell the rest of us that it's okay now to come back out. They just have to stop right now, but eventually they will lead us, they will lead us into the promised land. Slow your roll, kids. Just a Slow your roll. Believe what you believe. Right. Make sure you're going to do it, but hold off a couple of more months. You don't mind. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about radio and it's amazing because, you know, I don't know that we thought we could do what we do from such remote places as well as we've been doing it. It's been, but I even have shared with you and our executive producer, Ken, who's uh, kind of listening in right now. I think in some ways uh, for me as, as more of an independent contractor with you guys and stuff, but the communication may actually be better now because you know, if I need to tell my good friend Lee Harris to lead me with something or something interesting, I just text him, you know, boom, boom, boom. And he gives me a Lee Harris response back and, and I'm giggling. And, and but, 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 you know, I, you know, before uh, the protocol, well, I'd call the, you know, tell the anchors. Da, 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 da. Now it's just we're, we're, we're communicating directly. And I think that communication shows to the listeners. And certainly it's borne out in the ratings of local news radio and audio that seems to be setting record numbers and people are just, and, and the time spent listening is amazing. Now uh, this is, has to be for someone that is heard as I'm sure you have radio's dead, radio's dead, radio's dead, radio's not dead. It's just in a different kind of form and it keeps evolving. Right. Absolutely. It's the content that is King and uh, radio. I remember when radio now a little bit before my time, but I remember in my history books that radio was dead when television came out. Like, how do right. you compete right. with a box that has pictures? I mean, that's like, wow. Well, that's the end of radio. And radio only got stronger and stronger and stronger. And the same thing is happening. So now you've got all these other options. You've got the internet, you've got social media. And yes, it is the, certainly the golden apple, if you will, of, our, of right now. But that pendulum always seems to come back because people just, there is just this thing about radio and it's intimacy, it's immediacy, it's authenticity that people just gravitate to and and, and it will happen you know and, and it's it, it will keep us where we are for, for quite a long time people needed it wednesday now more than ever with a, a a storm blowing in that in some ways i mean you look at it and it may have actually been worse in many areas around the city than superstorm sandy just because of the direction of the wind and the onslaught of the wind and and some of these trees that uh, you know it was crazy and here we are. So uh, once again, uh, everybody stepped up and I felt really drained after yesterday, but really satisfied that AccuWeather and 1010 Winds had prepared people for that onslaught of four hours that was hell. And it's still not so good here in a lot of places here as we record this on Thursday. And a little known secret for, uh, for folks, uh, on a storm day, we have you, Dean, on our air about every five to eight minutes just going yeah. live. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. understand and why you're tired. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's draining, but it, it's rewarding, especially, uh, again, working with your amazing staff. I can't talk enough. And, you know, the, the people that you hear all the time with me, Lee, and Bridget, and the other anchors, but the people that you don't hear, that you hear their names some of the times, but Sharon and Tanya and all those people in between that I wor uh, work with, and Justin, and I could go at names and names and names and names. It's 
it's amazing. This family continues to make great radio. And I know as Papa Bear, you got to be real proud. Very proud. And it's that great mix you just mentioned. There's the, the veterans who have been through, you know, just about every major story you can think of and are very calm in the choppy seas. And you've got the young folks who bring that enthusiasm and that natural curiosity. And, hey, how come we don't do this? Or can we try this? And, we, you know, we sit there and we say, hey, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's give it a try. And that mixture you know, is what makes wins wins. Absolutely. Ben, wish you best of luck with this uh, wedding. Mazel tov. Uh, it is <laughs> going to be an amazing situation here as we get into, uh, again, Sunday, kind of a reception pregame show at four and then the, <laughs> the, the big show, the ceremonies at five o'clock on Sunday. Uh, check in through the weekend with 1010 Wins and they'll have uh, updates and amazing coverage and Yes, the pressure is on to provide the best weather forecast possible. Maybe a little warm, maybe a little sticky. You don't like to schwitz too much, I understand, but we'll we'll make it work, all right? Well, you've got a couple of days to fix that, Dave. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I do, my friend. I like you don't have advance notice, my friend. Uh, ben Neverak, <laughs> thanks for spending the time with us here on Everything Under the Sun. Thanks for having me. Again, I started down the garden path there naming a few names at 1010 Wins, and I know if I tried to do all the names, I would still miss everybody. From the service aides to the writers to the amazing editors to all the wonderful reporters and to the anchors that I share time with on the air, thank you for making uh, the stop in New York uh, three to six times an hour, depending on the morning. Amazing. And that story can be repeated, folks, in terms of my love for all of the uh, folks in the uh, all-news business who have been working so hard, all of our great radio stations that work with AccuWeather, we thank you. What a busy week it was for many of those stations, especially along the eastern seaboard with Isaias making waves and wind and unfortunately causing some fatalities. It was quite a storm. Our hurricane expert Dan Kutlowski is joining me up next. We'll recap Isaias and we'll take a look when we could see Josephine and talk about some of the weather challenges ahead for the weekend ahead and the week beyond. That's up next on Everything Under the Sun. Make AccuWeather Daily a part of your daily routine. Enable the flash briefing and say, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? To access this content on Google Assistant, all you have to say is, Hey Google, talk to AccuWeather Daily. You'll get the top trending weather story of the day, every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun here on this uh, second weekend of August as we get ready for it. I'm uh, happy to be joined by our expert senior meteorologist and our hurricane expert, a man who's been uh, busier than a one-armed wallpaper hanger. That's a pretty busy <laughs> guy, right? Uh, Dan Kutlowski joins us, and Isaias is uh, finally gone and away up into Canada. Dan's joining us for our normal look at the upcoming weekend and early part of next week, but obviously wanted to take this opportunity to do a little quick postmortem on a storm that, you know, was the little storm that could. It came across, kind of blew up over Puerto Rico and then headed to some very warm waters that uh, allowed it to just blow right up and become a hurricane. And then really, uh, you know, I just talking to people in New York City today, Dan, and there are a lot of people, especially in the city, that think this was much, much worse in a lot of ways than Superstorm Sandy, which is saying something, right? Yeah, this storm had a lot of wind with it. it, even though the wind didn't last really long. And so there was a lot of power outages. A lot of people did not have power for several hours. But again, I question, after Sandy, I mean, we had a lot of wind with Sandy as well. We had a lot of power. A lot of power was knocked out completely for, for days with Sandy. I question how we repair our infrastructure. It seems like a lot of times we just go back and just, hang the lines up just the way we did before and they're going to be exposed to another storm again. You know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what you're saying is that 
we may be sometimes seeing more power outage and problems than we maybe used to see after a storm and with a storm similar in terms of the speed of winds of Isaias and stuff. Is that, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I just get that feeling. It just seems like there's an awful lot more, um, it seems like we're more vulnerable to these power outages. Now, I, keep in mind, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have the internet. So a lot of people didn't really care about having internet service and cable. But nowadays, when those utilities go down, that really puts a burden on people. And then when you lose power, you lose everything, you know, right. for the most part. Especially the way we're living right uh, life right now with COVID-19 right. and everything. We're talking with Dan Kedlowski. Uh, again, we're going to get into this weekend and uh, beyond a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed, Dan, a couple of things. One is this is another coastal storm. Take out the fact that it's a tropical storm. But another yeah. coastal storm that comes right up the coast and really tightens up again. We're seeing this now with these uh, this tropical storm. We see it in the winter more and more now as they just really tighten up. And so... You know, the other thing I was thinking about, we need a better way to talk about wind. We talk about gust speeds, but, you know, I think the key for New York City and some of those areas uh, around was the fact that they had three or four hours of strong sustained winds that we didn't even talk about those numbers, 30, 40, 50 miles per hour, which is pretty significant for two or three hours in a metro like New York City. I think that was one of the big issues with this is we had about three to four, maybe sometimes five hours of 40 plus winds. And I think a lot of people uh, now realize that once the wind goes above 40 miles an hour, uh, you can you can blow down uh, power lines and, and uh, even cause some trees to break. Uh, so it doesn't take much. You don't need a hurricane force wind necessarily to cause problems. And we see that we see that in individual thunderstorms. Another thing with a hurricane, the wind is a much the, the wind field in a hurricane is is much larger in a tropical storm, uh, and much larger than an individual thunderstorm. Individual thunderstorm, the wind is funneled over a very small area. So people say, "Well, I experienced a wind gust of 80 miles an hour a few weeks ago. I didn't have any right. damage like this." Right. But the wind in a tropical storm or hurricane is a large area. It's a huge right. area. And you're usually before you get the 80, 90, 100 mile per hour gust in a hurricane. You usually, like we just said, have had an onslaught of several hours of strong, sustained and gusts that were leading up to that. So especially with directional changes in some storms, depending on where you are in the track, different directions and then changes in speed makes everything much more fragile. So but going back to that, are you noticing that more in your advanced years of meteorology of these (laughs) storms now coming up the coast and seem to be getting stronger? The The one thing we know for sure is water temperatures off the East Coast are running warmer than normal. They've been warming, running warmer than normal for, uh, you know, for a considerable amount of time. Now, we we went into this multi-decadal uh, oscillation pattern, which is causing the water temperatures to be warmer than normal, started in 1995. That lasts about 20, somewhere between 20 and 40 years. That's the, a, what we'll call the AMO, the Atlantic uh, multi-decadal oscillation. And that kind of got the ball rolling. But, you know, you have to consider the fact that with the climate warming, the ocean is a, uh, is a climate, what we call a climate sink or a, a warm air sink. So when the atmosphere warms up, the oceans try to balance out the temperatures to some degree. And to do that, they absorb the warm 
warm air, and of course that causes the water temperatures to rise a little bit as well. So there might be something like that going into this as well. But again, when you look at uh, sea surface temperatures, for example, where this made landfall, the water temperature was about 84, 85 degrees, about two, two and a half uh, degrees Fahrenheit above normal. So instead of being um, 82, the water temperature is about 84, maybe 84 and a half. So that, but that extra one to two degrees a Fahrenheit increase in temperature is enough to certainly energize a storm. And we saw that the storm wrapped up extremely quickly. You know, we were looking at this on Monday afternoon. We were scratching our heads. Why is this not becoming a hurricane? It was starting right. to wrap up. But each time a, re- a reconnaissance air flight went into it, they couldn't find uh, the winds, you know, in a hurricane. Right. It sputtered then, a bit, yep. Then right around uh, five, between five and seven o'clock, it just started wrapping up very, very quickly. That's also the, about the same time it was going over warm water. And also another factor in this as well, if you want to get into the meteorology, is we had an upper level system approaching from the west. Upper level winds up through Sunday and most of Monday were out of the west. But then the upper level winds turned more out of the south, southwest. Southwest, yeah, almost, brought more warmth and humidity to the whole atmosphere, not just the surface, right? Yeah. So the uh, winds became more parallel to the storm's track and that causes the shear to drop off by maybe five, 10 knots or so. And that with it going over the warm water, bingo, everything just sort of came together uh, Monday evening. The other thing too about this pattern is the fact with the upper level system moving in from the West, it vented the upper level parts of the storm. So the storm, if you think of a chimney, think of a chimney. Right. In order for the chimney to get rid of the smoke, it's got to be, you got to have this this flow at the top of the chimney. Right. It's, it's kind of like a machine, right? It's got its own perfect system where it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's you know, coming in at the bottom and it needs to go out at the top so it can keep exactly. coming in at the bottom. Exactly. So, so what this upper level system approaching from the West did, it created that venting that you that need perfect, for the perfect storm scenario yeah. almost right? well yeah and and of course that just kept the intensity of isaias going you know another thing too isaias was moving very very quickly it was moving at 40 miles an hour and in a storm you can actually add the speed of the storm's movement on Forward the right momentum side, right and that maintains the wind speed as well kind of the same situation but an opposite but think about it if you're going 60 and you hit a car coming at you at 50 you get both impacts if you're adding energy because it's moving, you're adding that force to the the wind speed itself. So that, yeah, that does all make sense. And then the other thing, uh, just quickly, was the key to the position of where the center of that storm went, which was just, what, dozens of miles west of New York City itself. So, I mean, we're talking about right plowing through millions of people with the storm center was having the strongest rotation at the center. So interesting, uh, interesting again that, you know, like Faye, New England didn't get as much, uh, eastern New England, but then western New England with the tornadoes. And that was the other thing. So, and we covered the tornado threat, I thought really well at AccuWeather uh, a day or so ahead in those uh, primaries. So I was proud of that. Give me two sentences on the next couple of weeks in terms of the uh, Atlantic Basin. I know you were worried about a week or so ago that we could get into an explosive time, but then you were just telling us in the office in the last day or so, there's a few signs that that may take a little bit to get going. Right now we're in a lull, but we've got a strong tropical wave that will be coming off the coast of Africa Friday or Saturday. And that uh, tropical wave will reach the Lesser Antilles about Wednesday of next week. Some chance it could organize into an organized tropical feature as it moves uh, into the Lesser Antilles there and then moves westward. Long-range computer models are suggesting 
that this system has two paths. One will be either west and it plows into Central America, or it makes that curved northward uh, trend during the uh, second weekend of the 15th uh, through the 18th, 19th of the month of August here. So that's something we'll keep an eye on as we get into next weekend. As we look at it this weekend, Dan, uh, getting into this weekend now, as this drops Friday morning, there's a concern of a piece of energy. You know, (laughs) we just made the joke in the office, the troughiness And when we say trough, we mean like kind of a little embedded low pressure that kind of wants to create things. And that's what we got along the eastern seaboard. This little troughiness wants to spin up these little systems. We had one Thursday that caused some ruckus around the Delaware Valley and over to deep south Jersey, even got some showers up to New York. There's another piece that's coming up. It looks like early Friday morning through New Jersey up towards New York City. And of course, there's still hundreds of thousands, almost a million people without power in the tri-state. So it looks like a pretty good slug of rain going to start the weekend, at least uh, for New York City up into Boston. Then it looks like it should phase out and dry out and give them a little bit more of a chance to dry out from Isaias. Exactly. Um, we've dis- we've talked about in the office, there's just a, a plethora of deep moisture in place across the south and southeastern United States right now. And with these upper-level features coming through, they're easily creating these small storm systems. And at, at times for a, a few hours, they actually have a nice little rotation cloud mass with them. Yeah, that almost looked like a, a little MCS developed on Thursday right off the coast. And I imagine we might see that again a little farther north as we get in the day on Friday. Exactly, exactly. And when we see those spins, that that means you got a rigorous, very, very localized feature that can, can produce some very uh, strong strong downpours and even some very, very localized winds because of the fact that we still have some uh, thunderstorms with this pattern. And I think I'm going to be a busy camper on the 1010 winds Friday morning and then even into uh, Boston, just south of Boston, especially Friday afternoon. So that clears out all that niceness that's been out in the Midwest. They finally see that kind of fade away. Summer's back. St. Louis will go over 90, it looks like, as we get into Sunday. And Real Field's finally back over to 100. They had... Uh, they had some September in August here over the last couple of days. Chicago, Detroit's been nice, but summer's back in those places. Tell you where I'd like to go. The Pacific Northwest seems like it's kind of cooled off and settled down up there. That seems like one of the nicer places to be here as we head into the weekend. Exactly. Uh, the thing that I see happening here over the next uh, few days here, and especially as we go into next week, is how uh, the upper level wind pattern is going to kind of bulge northward. And whenever that happens, that allows the warm air to come northward into the eastern United States. But I do see that bulge, though, getting flattened the curve type thing. And we end up uh, seeing a, a pretty impressive system coming toward the Great Lakes early next week then. So those are things we're watching for the weekend and early next week. Uh, the other thing is, Dan, we're getting close to that time. Uh, didn't Dr. Gray used to ring a bell on a certain day? What was, what's the date? That's right. Uh, August 20th, uh, he'd, go to in, he'd go into the uh, classrooms uh, at uh, Colorado State University and ring this big bell saying t- it's now, we are now officially in the official hurricane season because right around the 20th is when all, everything kind of comes together between the 20th of August through most of September is when the heart of the hurricane season occurs. And that's when you have your, your worst hurricanes, your major hurricanes and your cat four, five hurricanes occur, you know, generally in that general area. So if you think Isaias is, is it for the season, you're wrong. We've got more 
more storms coming up. Again, we may have to get out the Greek alphabet here to uh, close out the season. Well, uh, wouldn't be the first time. Mr. Kalowski, thank you for your help, and uh, certainly to you and your team. I know I'm coming off uh, the busy week. A little lull for you, especially on the eastern side of things, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, that uh, tropics for sure. Thanks, Dan. Okay, Dean. Another person I'd like to thank right here is Ken Prell. You know, we did that episode last week, and it was it was amazing. We did the sports segment for last week's episode on Thursday, and then just the uh, later that day, I think, uh, there was more positive tests with the Cardinals and things were breaking. And then, of course, Isaias kept changing, and that forecast needed updated. So we basically updated most of the uh, in and outs in the weather segment of that podcast almost every day over the past weekend into the early part of this preceding week. So I don't think Ken and I are going to be that busy here this coming weekend. It doesn't look like the things that uh, certainly the wedding won't change. I just need to come up with some good weather for Sunday and make sure that sticks. And as uh, certainly uh, I don't think the weather situation is going to ramp up like we saw with Isaias, but you can keep track of the latest weather forecast on AccuWeather.com and AccuWeather's app. And speaking of that app, my oh my, have you gotten the newest version? Maybe you've never even been exposed to the AccuWeather app. Well, maybe now you should. It's getting rave reviews, and we're going to talk about it next week. We're going to do our first Rays of Focus segment, maybe even two segments, on the new AccuWeather app. Kind of wrap things up as we kind of wind down this summer series, getting ready, heading into fall. Things are changing, but certainly the weather is always going to be something that we need to talk about. Again, for... Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, our executive producers. For Dan Kudlowski and my friend Ben Meverack, thank you for joining us again next week. The AccuWeather app re-envision. It's beautiful and we'll talk about it next week in episode 11 of the Summer Series on Everything Under the Sun. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.